Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 88. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $841 each. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin blockchain epicenter of the South. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking with people about Bitcoin and blockchain and cryptocurrencies and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Long-time listeners, thank you so much for joining us here once again. And new listeners, we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I feel privileged to be speaking once again with Sean Wilkinson, the brains behind Storage. Storage Storage.io is decentralized cloud storage utilizing the world's best blockchain. That's right, the Bitcoin blockchain. In the first half of the show, I'm going to take us all back in time to the 2015 Texas Bitcoin Conference in Austin, Texas, and to an interview from the Lost Treehouse Studio archives. Back in 2015, I was fortunate enough to be sent to the Texas Bitcoin Conference by then-editor-in-chief of the LTB Network, Adam B. Levine. Hey, Adam, how's it going? While at the conference, I had an opportunity to sneak into the hackathon and interview Sean Wilkinson. The second half of the show features Sean once again as he walks me through how to rent out 20 gigs of storage space on my MacBook Pro. I ask some silly questions and with the patience of a saint, Sean answers my questions and gets me set up and running my computer as a farmer growing storage coins and supporting a really great decentralized cloud storage service. Also on this episode, you'll get to hear the one and only Santa Claus perform for us his rendition of It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Bitcoin, a new holiday tradition celebrating the birth of our beloved Bitcoin. And while it may be true that you can't wrap Bitcoin in swaddling clothes or lay Bitcoin in a manger, it's fair to say that Bitcoin is capable of miraculous things and of helping us out in the age-old struggle to realize peace on Earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be speaking with Sean Wilkinson, founder and lead developer of Storage.io. Sean, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Glad to be here. 
Thank you, sir. Now, Sean, listeners, in case you don't know, Sean is the man who won first place in the hackathon last year at the Texas Bitcoin Conference in Austin. And Sean is here again this year, not as a competitor, but as a veteran hacker. So, Sean, tell the listeners, if you would, please, what is it like to be back this year at the Texas Bitcoin Conference as a veteran hacker? Nice to be back. Nice to be back and seeing all the uh, different people hacking away on their projects like I was last year. So, bit of uh, deja vu, but uh, glad to be back. This year, the venue was different, obviously. It was downtown, so it was a little bit of a different feel. Uh, But I think overall, it was a fantastic conference. Your job there this year, were you acting as a mentor or were you there just observing or what was your position? A mentor and a judge. So I was going around helping out uh, the participants and uh, also judging them. Okay. And also judging. Wow. So how many projects were there this year at the conference? Let's see. I I remember 10. 10? Yes. Okay. And how many winners were there? Uh, We Pick, there was quite a few winners. So uh, on the stage, we picked about uh, three for the main prize, and then we had a bunch of sub prizes. So uh, uh, myself, I chose Bitwave uh, for our storage.io uh, specific prize. But there was, I think, three main winners, and then there was a bunch of more specific prizes where each judge kind of said, okay, does this a project or company kind of fit what we're trying to do. So everyone gave out specific prizes, but there was also a main prize as well. Okay, I see. And how much in uh, U.S. dollars was actually given out or in Bitcoin? I'm not sure. That That's up to, uh, I think the DDAPS fund was doing the majority of those large prizes. Uh, for our specific prize, we gave out 10,000 uh, storage coins to Bitwave. Uh, they implemented uh, something with our API, and they were actually the first place winners as well. Okay, so let's see here. Last year, you won the hackathon, first annual Texas Bitcoin Conference hackathon, and you won with storage. For listeners who are not familiar, that is spelled S-T-O-R-J, and storage is decentralized cloud storage based on blockchain technology, and it's peer-to-peer. It's a protocol that provides the most secure private and encrypted cloud storage where only you have access to your data. I read that off your website. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, tell us about storage. And for people who are not familiar with the whole concept of cloud storage, you know, for some people, it's really a scary idea. Well, I'm going to put all of my information up in some cloud somewhere and someone can easily swipe it. Help people understand, help my listeners understand that, would you? Sure. Uh, So the, the kind of cooler premise of storage is it's like everything. Airbnb for your hard drive. So the idea is that you have some extra free hard drive space in your computer that's worth something. Um, You can sell that to another person or another business. Uh, On the other side of that, we have people who are actually utilizing that. And so we use a way different architecture and technology, uh, mostly using Bitcoin and blockchain technology to get it done to essentially have secure cloud storage on trustless devices. So the idea is that the files are encrypted uh, and locked up on your computer and secured that way before they even leave your computer. Then then they can go to any old hard drive in the world and then we can audit those uh, hard drives and make sure the data is there and available and hasn't been modified and whatnot. Okay. 
Um, this is a bit different from the traditional model where you just say, well, I'm going to put it on Dropbox and I drag and drop it and I hope it doesn't get hacked or or anything happens to it. In our sense, we, we do this in a trustless manner. So we do it where only the person who's uploading the file has access to it um, and, again, can do periodic checks uh, to make sure everything is all right mathematically rather than just trusting a name or a brand to keep your stuff safe. Okay, so it's easy to audit. Now, who is doing the checking? Who is doing that auditing? Uh, so we have a variety of methods. So one, the user can do them, do it themselves. Uh, they can outsource it to a group of nodes or they can outsource it to the network. Um, we believe that the user themselves should have kind of full access and control of what's going on with their data and their files. Uh, so we don't necessarily say that you should outsource to a network. I mean, no one's going to mess you up or screw you over if you can do the checks and verifications yourself. Um, you know, there's attack vectors even in things like Bitcoin where it's a consensus mechanism or a consensus group. Um, so all that means is as long as you get a majority of the people to uh, – vote one way or vote one opinion or or decide on this particular block, then that's the way the network's going to go. Um, but we've seen in Bitcoin's past where you have large pools like Gigahash.io taking up 51% of the hash power. Mm -hmm. um, so if they want to do something malicious, well, then that wouldn't be very good for you. Right. So the idea is that the user should have ultimate control uh, on what that mechanism is and how these files are audited and when they're audited and, and who does the audits. We, the user should decide that um, because they're the ultimate one receiving the service. So there's the old adage that the customer is always right. Um, so in this sense, the user is always right. And they always are able to do those verifications and checks. So it doesn't matter what's happening with the network or what's going on. Uh, you know your files are safe and secure because you can actually verify that and decide all those parameters. Okay, so let me ask you, Sean, before storage, before you developed storage, uh, what did other people have that is similar to storage and how is storage better than what was there before? Um, so I, I think a, a good company to mention, I guess, is uh, Simform. Uh, so they tried this this model a couple of years ago where essentially uh, it seemed like larger data providers uh, like data centers uh, and users could actually uh, trade space. Um, so the idea is that you would lease out your hard drive and you would get some space that you could use on this cloud. Um, so that worked out fine and dandy. I think they got acquired for about 20 million. Hey, just so you know, I'm hearing a little clicky click in the background. Okay. Uh, let me move away from the clicking sound. Oh, what is that clicking sound? Uh, that's my girlfriend who's right next to me. <laughs> and she's uh, coding away. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool, though, to know that that's what she's doing. She codes also? Yes, yes, she does. That is so cool, man. What a cool couple. <laughs> she was at the Texas Bitcoin conference with me. so I met her out at uh, Ginger Man. Yeah, 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 we did meet. Yeah, the restaurant that took the bread out of Gingerbread Man, Ginger Man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys are a great couple. Okay, Sean, so sorry I interrupted you. You were talking about a company... Uh, by the name of Sinform. So yeah, there's a, a company named uh, Sinform who kind of had the same idea in terms of people trading hard drive space. Um, and essentially, you'd give up your hard drive space and then you'd get some kind of credits back uh, to use elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that worked all fine and dandy. Um, they grew quite a bit. I think they had about 
uh, $20 million uh, exit or buyout. Um, but the problem is in terms of making that scale. So the idea is if I have some extra hard drive space, am I really going to want more hard drive space, you know, like uh, as a reward, as a credit? Right. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd probably rather have some cash in my hands or <laughs> yeah. something that I could, I could actually, you know, buy some stuff with. Right. <laughs> so it, it's about kind of expanding that, that idea and taking a little further where, you can take your extra hard drive space, sell it for something that you could actually, you know, go buy a burger with or something like that, rather than just more hard drive space that you're not probably going to use anyways. Right, that makes uh, sense. So it, if if it works, you know, at twenty million at, at small scale, you know, it, it it really just validates the idea that this can work on a much larger scale if you give people a reward that they can actually use. Right. So people are being rewarded in storage coin, SJCX. Okay. I actually just went and bought some SJCX today. I bought 1000 of them. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. man. <laughs> so essentially we use uh, SJCX in multiple different ways. So the first way we use it is almost like a uh, software license. Um, so just like you would go out and buy a game or a piece of software and they give you a key to stick in to the software to make it run and to make it work, um, we do that in the same sense where if you have 10,000 storage coins, um, then you can uh, plug it into our software and it will start running. So the idea is that hmm. the users have complete access uh, and control of those keys and can transfer them around to different people or different computers, um, but we don't. There's no central repository of, of keys or access keys or central people that that control that. Nice. They say, "Yeah, ten thousand storage coin." Uh, you prove that you have that, and the software will be like, "Okay, I'm good to go." Nice. Um, the other portion is uh, on the top level. It's more like a reputation system. Okay. Um, so we have more technicals that that we're getting into our, with our architecture thing. But the premise is, is quite simple. Um, if you want to store your files and data on the network, you want to do that with someone who is going to hold up their end of the bargain, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to take your file, you're going to distribute it, among, let's say, three people. You know, things happen, someone's computer might fall out the window, and so we want to make sure it's a, there's at least three copies. Sure. But you want to make sure those people are, are somewhat respectable um, and, and going to have that file available enough for you to use. Um, so the idea is that instead of just going with some random person, we can go uh, with someone who has some storage coin and we can uh, attach some reputation to that as they transact with other users in the network, so you can say, "Okay, you know this guy has some coins on this on the line, and this guy, um, you know, has been rated by another 500 people as you know doing his service well." Um, so we don't have to worry about uh, too much. You know, that person is going to run away, and then we're going to have to find another person to go put our file on. Right. Um, so we're using it again as a software token. But also, um, on a very top level, uh, that I won't get into too much detail, you'll have to read our papers for it, but also as a, as a reputation system. Okay, I love that. Now, let me ask you, as far as the winners this year at the Texas Bitcoin Conference, the hackathon, 
Um, did they incorporate some of what you have developed? Yeah, so Bitwave, the first place winner, uh, actually incorporated uh, some of our APIs uh, in their project. So what they were trying to ta- tackle is essentially uh, anonymous and private uh, web hosting. Um, so the idea is that you could host a website off of a decentralized network mm, nice. through one of our gateway nodes instead of hosting it at some server somewhere. Um, so one, there's privacy concerns in terms of advertisers and we're not tracking what users are doing. And some people don't like that. Um, you know, you'd like to be able to, you know, browse the web free, uh, freely. Yeah. You know, let's say, uh, you know, you got a, a rash here. You don't necessarily want five years from now, uh, someone would be looking through your search history is like, oh, why were you looking at, you know, at that rash or, or something like that? You're running for office or president <laughs> yeah. or whatnot. I'm pretty sure no one would like uh, someone to look through their entire search history. Exactly. Um, so it's it's about building a platform that allows for decentralized web hosting and stuff that would get around the centralized providers that can track what we're doing online. The point that I, I see as a problem is not necessarily, you, you know, there's the old saying that, you know, if you have nothing to hide, <laughs> uh, but the, the main problem is the chilling effect, right? Yes. So you, me, any human behaves differently if you're alone in a room versus somebody is watching you. That's right. Or, you know, someone's hovering over your shoulder. Um, so even if it happens subconsciously, people are going to change the way they behave, they talk, they express their opinions. Um, if they know that every single thing that they say is, is, is tracked back to, to them or their identity, yeah. um, they might not be as honest um, in terms of their, their real opinions and that they would normally be uh, if they you know, knew that someone was kind of tracking their thoughts and their actions and what they're saying online. Very true. Um, so think of, you know, people posting their, their opinions on, on Facebook, uh, or Twitter, and then their employer takes a look at that and, you know, they get canned or whatnot. Uh, you know, like people are a lot more cautious to be completely honest about their opinions and their feelings because someone disagrees with them. Um, then that that might have some negative connotations for them. But yeah, at the end of the day, they should be able to express their opinions and and their whatever they want to say or do. Um, but we kind of just don't have the infrastructure um, on the technology side and the application side to to allow people to do that, uh, whether it's dissidents or or just simple opinion. But it's coming, right? Uh, I would hope so. I mean, like you said, people are more increasingly aware of these problems and and they're not necessarily happy with it so um i don't think it will happen overnight but it's definitely on people's minds yep i mean that's one of the things that we're kind of pushing for on our platform the idea is that we've asked people you know do you trust dropbox and google drive and all these other providers with all your data and a majority of the the people are saying about 73% are just saying, no, um, I don't trust them, you know, with all my sensitive, you know, tax files and data and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so it, it, it's definitely on people's mind. And I think if people are presented with a, a solution that does give them that security and that, that privacy, um, 
but also is you know easy to use. Yes, uh, I think that's that's a problem. You have to balance the the ease of use, the drag and drop, with the the privacy features. Um, I, I think it's 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 obvious that they'll change. I think so too, man. Well, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. I'm so glad that you were there again, that I got to run into you again this year. I assume that you'll be back possibly as a mentor, as a judge uh, next year for the Texas Bitcoin Conference third annual. And Sean, it was great talking with you. Great seeing you again. Also nice meeting your girlfriend. What is her name? Cecily. Like I said, you're a great couple. Have a great time coding together, man. And um, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Definitely, definitely. All right. Hey, thanks a million, man. No problem. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. This episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is brought to you by our good friends at MoonshineBootWax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original, all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is a proprietary blend of American beeswax and other fine, all-natural ingredients. It's specially formulated to feed and protect your leather while also offering an excellent long-lasting shine. Whether it's your cowboy boots, your expensive wing tips, or your wife's favorite pumps, Moonshine Boot Wax is a must-have for gentlemen who care about their appearance. Moonshine Boot Wax is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a nonprofit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system. Together with Community Food Advocates, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is making a positive difference in the Nashville community, one shine at a time. You can buy your very own four ounce tin today by going to moonshinebootwax.com. And best of all, you can pay using Bitcoin. All right, listeners, I am thrilled to have with me on the show today, Sean Wilkinson of Storage Fame. Sean, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And you know, I spoke with you the last time, I believe back in 2015 at the Texas Bitcoin Conference, and you had just won the hackathon, I believe. Tell us just a little bit of background. Oh, yeah, that was uh, a long time ago. I think, uh, what was what was Bitcoin at, at that point in time? Uh, oh, man. It's definitely, definitely a smaller number, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, in 2014, yeah. So in 2014, went to the Texas Bitcoin Hackathon with the idea of storage, uh, decentralized cloud storage using Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Uh, and that was kind of our start. That's how we kind of kicked off the project. Uh, we ended up doing a crowdfund um, at the end of that year, um, raising about half a million dollars to build mm. out the open source project. Nice. Um, so we kind of embarked down that road, building out the technology. Uh, around 2015, we said, hey, you know, this is really cool and interesting technology, but we need to make it easy for people to use. So we ended up founding a company in 2015 uh, to do just that, uh, to make it easy for uh, people to use the platform and the tool sets without really having to worry a lot about the technicals. Mm -hmm. uh, and here we are in uh, 2016. We have a team of about 14 people. Um, we have a lot of people. We just actually crossed 10,000 people using uh, and signed up for the platform. Hmm, nice. Uh, and we're storing uh, about a petabyte and a half of data, so 
1,500 terabytes of data, hmm. and we have a total capacity of around 8 petabytes of data, so 8,000 hmm. terabytes of data capacity in our network. So Man. we're quickly growing and, and making sure there's uh, you know some great tool sets out there for people to uh, store data on this distributed platform. Uh, and we're just trying to push things forward. All right. And how many people do you have that are renting space out? Uh, so last time I checked, it was about 5,000 people uh, sharing in aggregate about uh, 8 petabytes of data or, or 7 to 8 petabytes of data. Okay. Now I'll give a little bit of a background. That interview that you and I had back in, I thought it was 2015. You corrected me, 2014, at the first Texas Bitcoin conference. I had interviewed you and then I had edited the interview and then somehow I had let that sit there and I couldn't even find it on my normal drive. I had transferred it to my storage drive and there it sat for this length of time and I kept intending to put it together and have a show and I never did and I don't really know why. Then, when just the other day I went to LTB to check out a show and I heard John Ferguson's Technology and Choice interviewing you and that was the first time that I realized wow storage is now here it's up and running it's in beta right and I can take part in this so I got excited John helped me figure out just the basics of how to go to your site and rent some of my computer space on one of my Macs so I started doing that and it was running it looked like it was and I never saw that I was earning any storage coins and it would stop and it would start and and then it gave me a message that I needed to get the upgrade. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to talk to Sean and see if he would be willing to come on the show and walk me through how to work with storage as someone who wants to rent space and be a part of the storage network. Yeah, so the term that we use for people who are running up their extra hard drive space and getting paid for it, we just call it farming or farmers okay uh, for the person so you you have a, a computer that you've set aside to farm for uh, storage coins on the storage network is, is is one way to put it okay I'm going to be a farmer well years ago I was a Litecoin miner and that didn't last very long as my electric bill went up and all of that. But yeah, to be a farmer, this is even more appealing to me than being down in a dark mine somewhere. Exactly. It's nice and sunny. Yeah. And there's, there's cows and chickens. You know, <laughs> you're not going to get black lung from farming. Exactly. Working out with my hands in the dirt and the sunlight and the fresh air. So what's the first step? What would you tell someone? Now, I have a Mac. Of course, you could do this on PC and then there's Linux. Um, I'm not smart enough to do Linux, so I'm doing Mac. Um, and I've done Mac for years and PCs for years, but yeah, I've never, I've never done Linux. What, what's your take on is one, um, you know, better than the other. I'm, I'm guessing since you're a tech guy that you're a Linux guy. It will be a little difficult for me to, to help you out without seeing, uh, you know, what you're actually putting in, but I, I can do my best. Um, I think one, uh, component is, you know, I, Linux is something I use and develop for a lot uh, when I'm developing applications and apps, but uh, I, I use Windows. Uh, we have a lot of users uh, that uh, use Windows to run the application that you're talking about, and so uh, someone has to be able uh, to run it and support it and, and figure out issues. And since most of our developers use uh, you know, Mac and Linux, uh, I kind of left with that task. Yeah. So I primarily use Windows, uh, but I also use Linux at the same time. Okay. Um, so we had the platform supports all three, uh, Mac, Windows, and Linux. 
Um, there's two applications uh, that you can download, uh, same name. One is uh, Storage Share. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just go storage.io slash share uh, on our website, and you can download that application. So that's just a uh, graphical interface for storage that really boils it down into something very simple, right? The first field is that you enter in your payment address where you like to get paid. Uh-huh. Uh, number two is you enter in where on your computer you would like uh, this to be stored. Uh, so you select this folder. I, I want all the data that uh, I'm sharing or renting out to be in, in this folder. And the third is that you enter how much space you would like to provide. So if you would like to provide 100 gigabytes to rent out or a terabyte or any uh, you know amount that you like to set, you set it there. And then you hit that uh, big button uh, right below that to, to get it started. Uh, and it should take care of anything uh, for you after that. Okay, now I have, uh, I just opened up my storage share and it shows update storage share uh storage share uh version 4.0.5 is available would you like to download the update now i assume i should click yes yes uh, so right now we actually um the past few days we released version 6.0 of the core software behind storage um so that added a lot of uh, new functionality uh, and bug fixes and protocol changes that really uh, enables us to actually do some stuff that we're going to do beginning of next year, um, but also made the architecture a lot simpler and a lot faster. Uh, so right now, actually, just about every day since that that um, update, we've been updating uh, the, the tools and the um, uh, GUI that you see there uh, and other... Uh, command line interface tools that we have. So right now you're using Storage Share, which is a graphical interface, but we actually have the same thing as a command line interface for people who are more on the technical side that, that may use Linux or whatnot. They they prefer to use okay. the command line. Okay, that's line. definitely so, not me. So I'm on the page. <laughs> I'm on the page, <laughs> and it's a GitHub.com, and I guess the option that I want to choose is Storage Share dash GUI dot OSX sixty four dot DMG. Does that sound right? Yeah, that should okay, be the one I'm that you want. click on that, and it's uh, downloading it here. It, it looks like I've got 10 seconds left. Not too bad there. Yeah, so hopefully in the future, you know, one of the things on our roadmap is automated updates so that, you know, when it needs to upgrade, this does it uh, behind the scenes um, like it does for, you know, many applications you use like Chrome and, you know, all these other applications, they just automatically update. So uh, we're planning on adding that in the future, but right now, you are going to get dinged with quite a few. You need to upgrade uh, because, again, we just upgraded to 6.0, and we're making a lot of changes and rolling them out very quickly. So okay. it's just it's the fun of, of being in uh, beta and having new software is that uh, you got to constantly upgrade and add new fun things. So. Well, I think people like that, too. It makes them feel like, hey, these guys are actually doing something. <laughs> right, right, versus putting out some software and then, you know, everyone just disappears. Right. <laughs> no, we're working very, very hard here um, to scale things up and make things easy to use. And so that, that comes to the user and update now, update up now, update now. But uh, like I said, in the future, 
uh, we, we want to remove that that burden on the user uh, where it just does it automatically. Okay. Now I've just dragged that over to the applications and, okay, I've got it. It's going to a storage storage on the desktop. For now storage size, I can change that to offer 20 gigs. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds fine to me. Okay, and then it shows up their storage location. Oh, I see it's saying I have up to 35.5 gigabytes. Well, I'm going to push start here, man, and see what happens. Okay, great. It shows uh, storage share is running. So you're on the latest version. Is the button green? Yeah, it's green. And if the button's green, then it's running just fine. Nice, nice. Storage share is running. Okay, and it shows peers, contracts, and then last activity. What is this peers and contracts I see here? So peers is just the number of people on the network right now that you are connected to. Okay. So these are the people you're going to uh, you know, talk to. They're going to relay messages and data to you. Um, you know, this is how you find out about new data on the network and know that, hey, someone needs their, their data back. Um, you know, this is, this is the network that, that you use to, to talk and address to those people. Okay. Um, so the, the, the higher that number is the better, but you know, if, if it's, uh, only a few, uh, then that's fine too. Uh, normally when you leave it running, that will increase over time. Okay. Sean, right now it's showing zero <laughs> feeling pretty lonely over here. <laughs> well, you just started it. So okay. it might take a little while for it to boot up. Okay. The second one would be contracts. Okay. So the contracts is just the number of data contracts that you have uh, with storage, or the amount of uh, pieces of data that are stored uh, on your computer. Okay. And then the last, what is it, the last activity, or um, that's just letting you know that when's the last time something has happened okay. on storage shares. So that's just letting you know that, you know, your peers might not increase or your contracts might not increase, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. The, the, uh, that time just lets you know that something's happening in the background, it's talking, it's negotiating, um, and, you know, nothing's wrong. Um, so those are the kind of three info fields that it gives you to, to kind of help you along. Okay, and then it shows up there, um, allocated space, I've allocated 20 gigs, and it shows over to the right, used space, it shows 813 bytes. Correct, so you've uh, probably stored uh, a very, very small amount of data uh, when you first started up. Uh, not a very large file, like you said, it's only a couple of bytes, uh, but you do have something in there, and so that's what it's telling you has been stored. Okay, and then down below, underneath the storage share is running the big green button with the check mark next to it, which is good news. There are uh, three other in blue small options. One is view logs, the other one in the center is powered by storage, and then the far right says need help. The help we understand powered by storage is going to be information about storage, I assume, and then view logs. Is that something that I would ever need to view the logs for any reason? Does that give me any information that would help me understand things better? Yeah, so that's more useful if you encounter an error or a problem. Uh, that's something that you can click on uh, it will give you, you know, the raw messages that are happening behind the scenes, and you can pass that on to our community members who know how to read that and understand and will help you uh, if there's any issues. Or So, for example, if you're behind a, a firewall or some kind of network that's difficult to access, 
Uh, one of the things they'll probably ask you to do is send me a copy of the logs and so I can understand what's going on and, and then they can help you okay. uh, deal with that problem where if there's an error in the application, they says send me the logs. Okay, I know exactly what happened. Okay. Um, and here's how to fix it. So that's that's more helpful kind of on the more technical people who want to dive into what's happening behind the scenes, but it's also helpful for us um, and our community members when we're helping people with issues, we know all the technical details. Got it. Uh, okay. So and then up at the top, I have a green button to the right uh, and the top, it says drive and then parentheses five F E nine three four. And then to the right of that is the cog. So what does that first one mean drive? And then it shows add a new drive. If I wanted to add another drive, I guess, right? Right. So it says drive, and then it gives you essentially six characters of just letters and numbers. Really what that is is just the identifier that we've assigned for that drive. So we said, hey, whatever drive or location or configuration this is, this is just the um, uh, the the identifier for that drive. So that's what shows up. Okay. Uh, the other part of that is you can sit there and you can add new drives. So, for example, you plug in an external drive, you want to rent that to the network, you can add that. If you, you know, want to use that drive for something else, then you can, you know, shut that down and remove that drive all in that menu. And then you have the cog. Okay. Um, the cog is the fun place where you can set all the advanced options. Okay. I'm clicking on the cog right now. It shows advanced settings, and there are three menus. One is general. The next one is network, and it shows drive. The next one is tunnels, and it shows a drive. So general is what I'm on right now. And there are some things already checked for me. Display and system tray is already checked. The next one, launch storage share at user login, is not checked. The next one is checked, share previously running drives at launch. So all of these are these things that I assume you all have set some defaults that to make it easy for dum-dums like me? Yeah, so we, we set all the reasonable defaults in terms of, um, you know, when you launch the application, uh, if those uh, drives are already running, you probably want to, uh, you know, keep them running. Uh, so we can automatically launch those up. You can, you know, other things we let you set, like, for example, um, if you want storage share to start up when you just log in mm -hmm. um, automatically, then you can, you know, set set that. Um, and there's a few other things, uh, again, in there that, you know, options that are uh, optional for the users to set and, you know, may, may be good or bad for them. Um, so, you know, some of the top most options are just user kind of preferences. Mm -hmm. Some of the bottom more options are more... Uh, here's how you know you solve a particular problem, or mm -hmm. uh, here's how we get some more information uh, if we need it to help you fix an error. Okay. So again, and some of these things like network and tunnels, those are other options that again are a little bit more advanced. You shouldn't have to play with them um, at all. But for example, if you're behind a really strict firewall or something like that. That's where our community members would say, hey, um, I need to go into the network or the tunnel try uh, tab and set these settings, and that will get around that for you, and that will solve that issue for you. Okay. So it's just you know the underlying options under the hood that allow us to deal with various 
you know, configurations that may occur on different systems. Okay, and one of these says send telemetry reports. And of course, that scares me. I think, oh my gosh, they're sending reports. And could along with that, they be sending information about my computer. What can you say to listeners who worry about sharing their computer, renting out some of their space and earning storage coins, but who maybe are a little bit reticent because they're wondering, gosh darn it, I don't know if this thing might have some bug in it that's going to, you know, a Trojan that's going to get in there and log my keystrokes and be able to hack into my this, that, or the other. What kind of assurance do you give people? I assume this is open source software. So how do you explain that to people? You don't have to worry. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the components is if we were being so malicious about this, why would we have, you know, this information at the bottom, for example, when you first uh, start the application, uh, you know, it's telling you that, hey, by the way, we're sending uh, telemetry data, you can turn this off if you like. Um, so what the telemetry data, uh, although I guess maybe the 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 word telemetry uh, gives this idea of other information, all it's doing is saying, hey, my computer is here, uh, and it does some things in terms of share with us how much data capacity you're sharing. So okay. the network only knows of the information that you essentially store. For example, if you're sharing, uh, what was your your example? How many gigabytes did you say you were sharing? Uh, 20. 20. Uh, so in this case, you only have a, you know, a couple, you know, one little piece of data on your drive. And that's what we know of. That's what the network has a contract for. But what we don't know is, is of the other 20 gigabytes that you have. Um, you know, the network has no knowledge of this. So this system helps to say, hey... Um, he has 20 gigabytes uh, that are available and just kind of letting us know where the capacity is. That's why I can say the number is X amount uh, because these telemetry reports. It also helps us do things like uh, it runs a speed test every so often. So we kind of know what your performance level is and it helps us match you know, up users uh, who want to store their data with you. Like I said, it's it's completely optional feature, but an important point is we are paying people for those telemetry reports. So as those are, are sent out and those help us make the network better, make performance better, you are getting paid not only for storing data and sharing data, you're also getting paid for these telemetry reports that make the service and the network a lot better. Okay, that was well explained. Now let me ask you another question. Uh, there's one that's not checked here. It says automatically shuffle seeds if no recent activity. What does that mean? Yeah, so that's uh, more of a network uh, thing, more an advanced option is that uh, if you uh, have a, a weird network connection or you are connected into, uh, into the storage network in a weird way, um, and you're, you're, you're not, you know, connecting to peers and doing the things that, uh, you know, would happen under normal operations. That's a setting that you can check um, to, to, uh, to fix that issue. Uh, so, for example, if a bunch of your peers had some issues um, and weren't properly relaying the data to you or helping you find new contracts and these kinds of things, um, this that checking that option would solve that issue would essentially put you in another place in the network uh and, and help you you know get the data that you need to get okay so again that's more of an advanced option uh that just 
solves uh you know some problems people may encounter okay nice and then there's one more i have a question about here this one is checked delete log files older than two days what does that mean sure so uh to kind of help uh, the technical users and help debug and fix issues is that we have essentially logs uh, that that are are generated, um, and so we you know collect the network messages and all this, these things that are going on under the, under the hood. And what we found with people like running a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, storage share instances and a lot, a lot of drives, it actually adds up to quite a bit of information, starts to fill up their drive. Mm -hmm. um, and it's you know if if there's no issues, then you probably like that information is worthless. So we added an option to say like, hey. You know, if there's no issues, well, maybe we should just, you know, throw that away. So that's what that option does. Okay, nice. And I assume as far as these advanced settings, uh, the other options after general are network, drive, tunnels, drive. I assume those two options up top, I'll click on one of them. I assume I don't really need to worry about those. Is that right? Not at all. You shouldn't have to uh, worry about that at all. Uh, I, I think right there in the tabs it says, uh, you know, heads up. Um, it's not... Uh, recommended that you play with this at all uh, unless you're solving a very specific issue or you're an advanced user trying to do something uh, you know different oh right it says under the tunnels option uh, when I click on that heads up exclamation point modifying the default configuration is only recommended for advanced users well I'm gonna click the little X and go back now I'm a little concerned because when I first did this four or five days ago I had the older version and you and I just upgraded to the newer version, but the older version, when I started it and it showed me that storage share is running, I had peers right away and I had contracts right away. Um, right now I'm seeing still zero peers and zero contracts. It shows last activity was at 3.55 p.m., which was approximately 20 minutes ago. So I'm wondering if this really is running, even though it says storage share is running. I'm wondering if the network just doesn't like me or something. I don't know. I feel left out. Uh, so uh, I, I doubt that's the case. Uh, it's if storage share is running and there's a green uh, uh, symbol, then it indicates that everything's working all fine and dandy. Uh, so it's something you just kind of leave and, and let it uh, do its thing. Okay. So that, that's something that I wouldn't worry about. Worst case, you could, you know, always stop and then start it again. But again, then you're starting from zero. Right. Okay. Uh, another component is sometimes if you have previous versions, um, what it will do, it, it will uh, upgrade your existing data and contracts. Um, so those are other steps where you know, it may say something like preparing or it also might be green while it's doing some of those stuff. So it might not be apparent on the front end interface on what's going on, but there are things happening. Okay, now let me ask you about storage coins. People can earn storage coins. It shows a balance here on my payout address. I'm using a counterparty wallet for this, so I have my payout address there and it shows the balance. What can you tell people that they will be earning by renting out their space? How does your average person figure out, okay, I'm gonna rent out 20 gigs of storage, what amount of storage could I anticipate earning over the next day or week or month or year? Well, so one thing that's worth noting is that not all people are the same. Uh, you know, one person is going to have a significantly faster connection than someone else. Mm -hmm. um, someone is going to be, you know, much, much closer to where people are, uh, you know, 
requesting data from. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are going to turn off their computers and turn them back off again. And so it ends up being, you know, very, very, very different performance and uptime levels for many different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it also depends on kind of where you are and where you're connected to the network. Uh, so it highly varies. Um, I've seen anywhere from uh, people making, uh, you know, $3 a month to, to 80 to 100 plus dollars a month. Okay. But that's based on, again, a very, very large amount of factors Mm-hmm. Uh, including speed, availability, where you are on the network, all these different components. So okay. there isn't necessarily, you know, we love to tie a, a tie, you know, from gigabytes to number of storage coins earned, uh, but you really can't do that because right. um, too many it's, factors. It's, it's too many factors. It is a marketplace for data storage. Um, and so therefore there's, again, like you said, there's, there's a lot of factors uh, that go into that. So all the payments, um, you know, that we've been uh, paying out for you know, the past many, many months are all public, and you can view them by going to our community chapter, Rocket Chat, and just ask anyone, and they'll give you the sheet um, that that shows you payouts for every single person, hmm. uh, and then you can, you know, query about okay, like how much data did you share? What was your speed? And, and kind of determine from there. But there is no general price again because it's an open market. Okay, nice. Now, completely on the other side of anything to do with tech and anything to do with cloud storage and the whole storage tech, as far as the storage coin, because there are listeners who are heavily invested in cryptocurrencies with a well-diversified portfolio in cryptocurrencies, and their main interest is investing in cryptocurrencies. What would you say to them when it comes to storage, the coin? Do you have advice? Invest in this now, uh, become a farmer, get some storage coin, or go to one of the exchanges and purchase some storage coins. Do you feel like the storage coin itself is going to be something worth investing in that the price would go up in the future? What's your take on that? Well, I'm, I've been in this space for, for quite a long time, since about 2012, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm quite hesitant uh, to tell people, <laughs> just, you know, go invest in, you know, all these tokens. Right. I mean, we look, you know, how Bitcoin has, has really grown in value, but we've also looked at things that have, have, have really not gone so well, like the Dow. <laughs> right. um, so, you know, I, I urge people to use caution. Uh, really, for any token, uh, yes. don't, don't go sell your house and go buy a bunch of tokens and hope it goes up. Uh, <laughs> I think that's I, good. I think that's good advice. <laughs> yeah. So again, I'm biased. I think our our, our token um, has value, but has you know a, a value in terms of the network. It's used to buy and sell storage space inside of the storage network. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, you know, could be useful for, for a lot of people in terms of the utility uh, it can provide. And, you know, if the storage network, uh, you know, grows, uh, then, you know, that utility and value will grow with it. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I don't recommend um, people go selling their house and, and <laughs> racking up credit card debt to go buy all the bitcoins or buy all the storage <laughs> coins. Uh, it's just a very useful mechanism, and it's, it's a necessary mechanism for the storage network to work. Much like Bitcoin, I tell people, you know, if you look at a cryptocurrency, ask yourself the question, does it actually have some underlying tech that is helping people out in the real world? And if the answer is yes, storage is a great example, Bitcoin's a classic example, then we can assume 
although it's not a guarantee, but we can assume that that token, that coin, as tied to the tech and the utility offered by the tech, that coin will probably do as well as the tech itself. And of course, there's this, we could call it a symbiotic relationship between a storage coin and the storage protocol. The same is true with Bitcoin. One cannot really survive without the other. Right. Right. So in the comparison, which may or may not be fair, storage coin to Bitcoin, what can you tell our listeners in terms of this storage coin being a deflationary token or a deflationary currency? Uh, is there a limit to how many will exist and how does that work kind of in comparison to Bitcoin? Sure, sure. So uh, there will only be uh, in existence, 500 million storage coin. Okay. Um, so there is, you know, no more storage coin that is going to be uh, created or exist, uh, like some other tokens. Mm -hmm. uh, the storage coin has no idea of mining, um, right? It's, it, it uses a protocol called Counterparty, mm -hmm. which is just a meta protocol on top of Bitcoin. Um, so essentially storage coins... Um, transactions are just extra metadata on a Bitcoin transaction. So it uses the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, so this is very useful in terms of you, you think of the economics of various tokens where they have this mining, which essentially adds a bunch of tokens to the supply and, and, and dilutes the value of the tokens. Whereas, um, you know, we're using a technology that allows us to do what we want to do, but without having this idea of mining. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is, you know, a fixed amount. There is no, um, you know, typical inflation or mining inflation in this token. Um, again, that I've seen destroy the value of a lot of tokens. You know, we have the concept with Bitcoin that a single Bitcoin could be divided into, what, 100 million different parts, right? Right. So, it, you know, like in Bitcoin, you have a Bitcoin and it's divisible, just like you have a dollar and you can divide it down into cents. Mm -hmm. um, you know, same thing with storage coins that you, it, it, it is one storage coin is, is divisible into, you know, fractions of storage coin. I see. Let me ask one more question to go back about the subject of trusting storage for people who do not have a tech background and who do not understand this very well. Is this open source code that people can look at and they can say, okay, I've gone through the code, it's been hacked, it's been gone through with a fine tooth comb, and it's determined that there is no malicious anything in this. Is that something that has been done? Has this been audited in the way that should bring peace to people's minds? So all the uh, tools and, and software is, is free software and open source software. Um, you know, we have a rule uh, pretty much that anything that uh, touches the user's data should be open source. Uh, and anything that runs on the user's computer should be open source as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, those, those are pretty solid rules. Uh, and generally, when we write code, we, you, you know, we start at open source and you have to make a very hard case to say if it... Uh, uh, you know, the, the code should be, uh, you know, closed. So right. yeah, all the code pretty much that we've written, um, you know, has been open source and out there for people to, to, to audit, to look at, uh, to use in various other projects. I think probably the only thing that's not is probably uh, like uh, a script that we use to, to start it up on one of our servers, uh, mm -hmm. more like DevOps kind of stuff. Uh, I see. But all the code... Uh, you know, that runs everything is, uh, I think the other things like our, 
uh, I think one of the sections uh, code bases that does like billing on on the service side. But again, all the code uh, on, on, that touches your computer or touches any of your data is free and open source because it's this idea that you know this should be a private uh, and secure layer for data storage. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, how the sausage is being made, well, that that doesn't you know that removes that that possible security and, and privacy aspects uh, and mm -hmm. that aspect that we really want to be a trustless provider. We want to be a zero knowledge provider where, again, we can't screw up or doing anything funky to your data because, you know, all the tools and methods of doing so are out there in public. The analogy I like to use, it's, you know, easy to steal a cookie from a cookie jar. It's very hard to steal a cookie from a cookie jar if that cookie jar is suspended you know, 500 feet up in the air in the middle of a square with 500 people watching it and the cookie jar is transparent. <laughs> you know, it's very, very hard to steal that cookie. Um, nice. You know, so that's, you know, a very important part of, of what we're trying to build here is something that's that's transparent and that that is a feature of the network uh, and a feature of the project. Nice. I love it. And so now you guys, according to the interview you did with John Ferguson, Technology and Choice on the LTB network, you all, Storage, just signed your first Fortune 500 company. Is that right? Yeah, Cox Enterprises. We're really excited about that. Um, uh, you know, they're a company that, that are, is quite local here and active in Atlanta, and uh, they have very, very large data needs, uh, a large amount of data storage. So, uh, really excited to, to have them on board uh, as a customer, and they're uh, going to store up to a petabyte of data on the network. So nice! Uh, it's it's this really uh, cool integration, and I think it just goes towards the power of um, you know the features that these distributed decentralized networks can provide. Uh, it's not only you know just cool technology; it's something that can you know solve a lot of problems in terms of privacy, security, and cost savings, and you know, these things that you know people want and businesses need. Nice solving those issues and those problems. So really excited about that. Right? Yeah, privacy, security, cost, and speed. Right? All of the things that storage offers uh, better than some of those other systems that have too much friction. And I liked in the interview how you talked about Dropbox and then Amazon S3 doing your research figured out, well, that's the <laughs> that's the main point of friction is the company itself. Let's get rid of those guys and we can have this trustless peer-to-peer -peer sharing network that actually is faster, is cheaper, more secure, and pretty much everything better. And there's not some guy in the back room putting a bunch of money into his pocket right I love it absolutely absolutely well cool man hey Sean thank you so much for your time and really really appreciate it and uh, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners before we go I just want an update that uh, we're releasing our new white paper on the 15th um, so that's something for people to look out and there's uh, lots of updates and exciting new things coming out in the software and technology so uh, I encourage people to go to our website, storage.io and uh, try renting out your hard drive space. And also, uh, if you're so inclined, trying out the tools to store and retrieve data from the network. 
it's all available and out there and we have a, a pretty vibrant uh, community to answer any questions you may have or help you fix any issues you may encounter all right beautiful that is storage s-t-o-r-j dot i-o listeners you've been listening to sean wilkinson with storage sean is the brain behind storage and uh, we'll hear more from sean in the future i have no doubt sean thank you so much for being on bitcoins and gravy no problem take care i'll talk to you soon all right bye bye And now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please put your hands together and give a warm, warm welcome for the one, the only, Old St. Nick, Mr. Santa Claus. Take it away, Santa. Is that my cue? It's beginning to look a lot like Bitcoin. Everywhere I go Take a look at your nation's debt Honey, it's safe to bet Inflation's coming sooner than we know It's beginning to look a lot like Bitcoin Help is on the way And the thing that will make us free Is the new technology that we use each day We've got better encryption than ancient Egyptian with privacy for everyone. Foreign remittance at only a pittance. Hooray when the workers have won. And we can do it all without a missile or a gun. It's beginning to look a lot like Bitcoin. All around the world We've got currency wars galore Knocking on every door The kind that keep the people really poor It's beginning to look a lot like Bitcoin Micropayments coming soon But the prettiest sight to see Is the price above the trees When it's to the moon I feel like dancing! Oh, ho, 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 ho. Come and dance with me, Mrs. Claus! Ho, ho, ho. Look, there's the Bitcoin blockchain! More beautiful than the Aurora Borealis! Oh, ho, 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 ho. We've got better encryption than ancient Egyptian with privacy for everyone! Foreign remittance were only a pittance! Hooray when the workers have won! And we can do it all without a missile or a gun! It's beginning to look a lot like Bitcoin Crowdfunding soon But the prettiest sight to see is the price above the trees When it's to the moon Merry Christmas everyone! Ho -ho! Now climb aboard y'all, this train is bound for glory there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain. A Bitcoin. Gonna rain, gonna rain Till everybody knows 
Everybody knows till everybody knows your name Down the road it will be told about the death of old Mount Gox About traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee See, they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free Our Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain Our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more I'd like to thank my guest on today's show, Sean Wilkinson, the brains behind Storage Decentralized Cloud Storage. Storage just signed its first Fortune 500 company, and they are off to the moon, as we like to say here in the Bitsphere. You know, folks, one of the things I love the most about the Bitcoin community is seeing real companies offering real products using a real blockchain. <laughs> and when it comes to blockchains, there really isn't one more real than the Bitcoin blockchain now, is there? If you get a chance, check out Storage for your cloud storage needs, or maybe, like me, you'll become a storage farmer. Rent out some of your unused storage space and start growing storage coins today. Storage is blockchain-based, end-to-end encrypted, distributed object storage where only you have access to your data. That's storage, S-T-O-R-J, storage.io. And for more detailed information about storage, check out John Ferguson's podcast, Technology and Choice, episode number 11 on the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. You can find that great interview by looking for the link in the show notes here on the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. 
I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax, the first 100% all-natural boot wax made right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Moonshine Boot Wax also offers Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover for removing stubborn, sticky stuff. To order a tin of Moonshine Boot Wax or to order a four-ounce brown bottle of Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover, just go to moonshinebootwax.com. That's right, without even getting up out of your chair, you can go to moonshinebootwax.com and order using PayPal or a debit or credit card, or better yet, you can pay using Bitcoin. That's right, Bitcoin, the modern way to pay at moonshinebootwax.com. I'd also like to thank Santa Claus for coming on the show and singing that wonderful rendition of It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Bitcoin. Santa, thank you so much for everything you do. Good luck on your journey this Christmas. Godspeed to you, sir. And finally, my dog Max and I would like to thank you, our listeners, for yet another great year of Bitcoin fun and merriment. We've seen and done a lot this year, folks, and of course we've learned a lot together along the way with a lot more to learn moving forward into a bright future that we will create together through hard work, patience, compassion, and understanding. Thanks for lending us your ears. Thanks for your comments in the comments section here on the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. And thanks for showing us your appreciation through your generous tips. Every little bit counts toward keeping food in the pantry and coffee in the kettle. Signing off now from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm John Barrett, the host of Bitcoins and Gravy, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. <laughs> Until next time, remember that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. So do something, folks. Go out and help a friend. Go out and help a neighbor or a loved one. Do something good. Help your neighbor take the trash out. If you know somebody in need, do a little something nice for them. Put a $5 bill in an envelope and put it in their mailbox. It doesn't have to be Christmas. You can do things like this all year round. Random acts of kindness to change the world and to bring us all together. We can do this, but only if we work together. United we stand, divided we fall. If you're a Republican or a Democrat and you're not getting along with the other side, now's the time to get along with the other side. Because if we are divided, if we let those forces that would divide us, divide us, we're going to fall, we're going to fall hard, and we see that happening in other countries around the world. We're the United States of America. If we, the people, stand together and put our petty political and religious differences aside and understand that we are all working toward the same goal, and that is peace and prosperity for ourselves, for our children, for our families. We all have the same goal here. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what you believe politically. We are all working toward the same goal. If we work together, we will succeed. If we don't work together, we will be divided and we will fall. Let's not let that happen. Love you guys. Over and out. I know that it may sound absurd, but I have for you a magic word. And today's magic word is farmer. F-A-R-M-E-R. -E farmer. As in the sentence, I'm proud to be a storage coin farmer and to be a part of the world's greatest decentralized cloud storage service, Storage. Find it online at storage, S-T-O-R-J, storage.io. We have front row seats 
in the development of a historic technology that is doing things that have never been done before. And every day that goes by, I just feel amazed at at having this opportunity to be frontline observer and sometimes influencer in what is turning out to be perhaps a historic generational worldwide impactful disruptive change in technology, one that will create history. And that is an amazing feeling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>